Hi, I'm Elizabeth Noyce, and you're listening to Supergirl Radio. I think the CW are just trying to win the time slot war with Supergirl Radio. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you like it? It's becoming a human burrito, a plus or a minus. I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Oh, Oh, no. So I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luthor, boardroom or ballroom. She looks like a boss in this coat. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther. It's not just Lena being mean. No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. It's so fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Welcome to Supergirl Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are live and wired with actor Claude Knowlton to chat about his career and time playing Silas, the Transylvanian vampire on Supergirl. So welcome to Supergirl Radio, Claude. Well, thank you for having me, ladies. That's very nice. Well, we are very excited to talk to you. Uh, we really enjoyed Silas at the beginning of season six. We have a lot, lots of questions uh, to ask you. And, and am I pronouncing it correctly? I took uh, <laughs> I took four and a half years of French, and I <laughs> remember much of anything. So is it more like is it Claude? Is that how you would maybe say it? That's the real pronunciation. Okay. All right. Uh, it's my uh, real name is actually Claude Lacasse. Oh, okay. And then I changed oh. my last name to Knowlton to sound more American or English, actually, because it's British. And then nobody really questioned me after that if I was French or not, because I am French speaking first. And uh, it's French Canadian. Is it? Uh, did I see that you were from uh, Quebec? Is that a Quebec? Yeah, Quebec, Montreal. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Rebecca, you've got Stanley all the Cup. pronunciations. Uh, I, I never get to uh, talk to anybody who, who speaks any kind of French or has any French connections. So I'm trying to take advantage of it now. Uh, yes. But uh, but uh, je, je parle uh, un peu. Uh, un peu. Uh, okay. Un peu. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 100% uh, so, <laughs> Quebecois. <laughs> um, well, Quebec City is beautiful, and I would love to go back and visit. Uh, I had a very good time there. Uh, I drank some tea at a very famous hotel there, and I can't remember what it what it was, but it's good Chateau tea. That Frontenac. sounds very fancy. Uh, possibly. It was at a very high point in the city. Uh, I remember that we had to go down a hill. So anyway, that's a whole thing. (laughs) Uh, I just really wanted to talk to somebody about some French things. So uh, merci uh, uh, for for letting me. uh, Yes. (laughs) Um, Very, very cool. All right. Well, um, I guess we could go ahead and start talking uh, to Claude about some uh, some uh, parts of his career, because you have a very impressive filmography. I was looking through your your, uh, credits and I was like, dang, he's been in everything. Thank Uh, you. So we have lots of questions uh, to ask you about some of your work, but I guess a good place to start would be your origin story here on Supergirl Radio. We talk about comic book characters, and so we talk about origins and first appearances. Uh, So what is your origin story? Where are you from, and uh, how did you get into acting? I'm from another planet. (laughs) (laughs) You like the tank top? It was a friend of mine. Give it to me. (laughs) Awesome. I love it. Yeah, I'm um, kind of jealous, actually. Right? She, gave, she found some uh, some thrift shop, and she gave it to me the <laughs> night we had a little party here for Supergirl when it aired, and uh, she gave me that, so that was pretty cool. Well, you did that correctly. You did the shirt right. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
So basically, I'm from Sherbrooke, Quebec, which is um, a small town outside of Montreal. It's about an hour and a half uh, east of Montreal. And I went to French school, French Catholic school. And um, I've always wanted to be an actor. And at uh, 19, I left and moved to California. But at first, it really wasn't uh, to act because I didn't think that it would be possible. And um, I took some uh, English classes at the college uh, where I was in Palm Springs and took some Spanish classes and some acting classes, actually. And that's when I got the bug. And uh, my teacher begged me to come and audition for uh, a musical, uh, Camelot. And um, I just loved it. We did some sword fighting training for two months and singing and dancing. And I kind of but got the bug that way. And I just uh, should have stayed longer and do more theater training, but I just wanted to go to LA right away. And then uh, I made the move to LA because some of my friends started moving. And again, LA was very overwhelming at first, but if you kind of stay in one area, like you work in Beverly Hills as a waiter, you live in West Hollywood, or you choose like Venice uh, Beach or whatever, it's not that bad. And, um, you know, cause LA seems so scary at first. And, um, and then you just kind of struggle to get an agent, do showcases, to find ways to to get a commercial agent first. That's the easiest way to get in the business. And um, I got my first American Express commercial because they were looking for chefs. And I just happened to be working in a restaurant. <laughs> and um, <laughs> Nice. That got me my SAG card and $10,000. And uh and then I was I was ready to go. I mean, I did a workshop afterwards with agencies come in and I said, hey, at the, at the end of the workshop, um, you hope to get an agent out of it. The uh, agent, I said, you know, I will give you 10% of my residuals that's playing for the commercial if you take me on. And he did. And that's how kind of got started because um, it's not easy in Los Angeles, you know. No, yeah, it's it's a lot of work, and uh, it's that's very cool to hear that you started, you know, with sword fighting. And I think that, I think that's cool. A actors build up a lot of uh, skills that you <laughs> take along the way, so that's cool to hear. For that you sure, for got sure. a cool start like that. Very cool. Well, um, I had some questions, uh, and Morgan, if you'll uh, humor me, I saw that one of your credits, Claude, was on The Young and the Restless. <laughs> I <laughs> saw that too, and I was like, Rebecca's going to have a lot of questions. I, I'm I'm a huge fan of The Young and the Restless. I've been uh, watching it since I was 15 years old. I'm not going to tell you how old that is, uh, how long that is. Uh, but uh, do you do you have any uh, memories of working on the the set or or anything okay. that you did with it? Do you know what I remember from working on that show? Is that it shoots, because I've auditioned for, I've worked on General Hospital, Poor Charles, The Young and the Restless. I've auditioned for The Bold and Beautiful, but never got on it. And most of the time, for some odd reason, these casting people, uh, casting directors, would only see me for uh, French characters. So I played a French waiter on General Hospital, uh, recurring, and then I played on uh, The Young and the Restless. We were supposed to be in Paris. I remember an actress with a baby she was looking at an apartment and I showed her the apartment as the caretaker. That's all I remember. But what I really liked about working on that show is that it shoots on the same lot at CBS in Fairfax uh, where the Price is Right shoot. That's right. Nice. And they were shooting the Price is Right <laughs> when I was there waiting and I was in the hallway and you could see them wheel out all the prices, you know, wheel them in <laughs> and hear the audience screaming. And, and then after I shot part of my thing, I went back and it was quiet and I just leaned in and it was a security person and I peeked in and I saw the set. And this is like recently. So it's all the new one, you know, super flashy, yeah. you know, 
And it was pretty cool. So that was pretty cool. And I would see all the people from the Bold and Beautiful with their gowns, you know, traveling to go to set with their, <laughs> their trailer or whatever. So it's just, um, but my first time on General Hospital, I was not impressed with, I didn't realize, you know, when you get on set, uh, not on set, but at the studio, that everything is pretty much shut off and it's only lit where they're shooting. And the hallways were very 70s and 80s with old pictures of all the cast from years and years and years. It just didn't look very glamorous to me. That's what I remember. Yeah, I, I now that you mentioned that about uh, The Price is Right, I think because I looked into trying to take a tour of The Young and the Restless set one time. And I remember <laughs> seeing some pictures of people like going in. I forget what that big wheel is that they have to spin to go on the... The yeah. final oh, yeah, that, that, final round, you know. What I'm talking? So I think I think people on the tour get a chance to do that. So that's instead of oh, spin the wheel. Yeah. Yes. Oh man, what what a wow. dream come true! <laughs> that, that's my dream is go on the Young and the Russell set and spin that wheel for the prices. Right. Not actually be on the shows, but just be there, but just uh, be so, able to spin the wheel. Yeah. But soaps so, are a different beast. So they're very um, everything is organized. Everything is timed. You will work at one, you'll be done at 2.30. They've been doing this forever and it doesn't need to be great. It needs to be done by Tuesday. That's true. <laughs> that sometimes <laughs> will come through in the, the quality of some soap operas. Uh, but they, they shoot, uh, I think I read one time, 100 pages a day, which is They have too insane. much to shoot for it it's to wild. be, you know, so you do a take or two and you're done. Yeah. You know, so you and there's to... no action. They don't say action. They count down three, two, one. And then I was like, you know, they're like, Claude? <laughs> I'm like, oh, sorry. I didn't know I was waiting for action, you know? <laughs> that is that is something I've never heard of. That's, That's very so interesting. funny. It's just very quiet. Yeah. Anyway. So soaps are a different animal. So I, I can different imagine animal. it's <laughs> it's a little different than some of your other TV credits. Uh, there and uh, again, Morgan, if you'll humor me, I also Please. saw uh, the closer was on there, and uh, we we talk about the closer maybe uh, a lot for a Supergirl podcast. <laughs> but we talk about a lot of random shows a lot for a Supergirl podcast. <laughs> but the closer comes up every now and then, and uh, it was one of my favorite TV shows. Do you have any memories of of working on that show? Well, yeah, unfortunately, I didn't work with Kira Sedwick. But I got to work with uh, Elizabeth Perkins and Maggie Wheeler. She was uh, Chandler Bing's girlfriend on Friends, you know, <laughs> the one who had that oh, funny yeah. laugh, you know, Chandler, you know, whatever she had that weird. <laughs> She's great. Um, Chandler Bing. Yeah, she was great. And uh, Elizabeth Perkins from, from the movie Big with Tom Hanks, and she's done a lot of stuff. So she was the big guest star. And so was Maggie, paid her friend. And uh, I was the manager of a restaurant. We shot it. Um, at a place where actually Elizabeth Perkins had her wedding. So that was kind of cool. But um, everybody was just so kind and so welcoming. They sent me a letter signed by all the executive producers to welcome me. And it was just a really, really great experience. Uh, I went to the table read uh, with all the cast. And, you know, you you watch a show for a long time and all of a sudden you're in it. It's just, it's just <laughs> the weirdest experience. It's really, there's nothing like it. It's just bizarre. And nervous because you want to make sure you do a good job at the reading because you can be let go if you don't perform at the reading. Oh, oh wow. I didn't Actors realize that. A, yeah. yeah, the leads can have a lot of fun and play and screw up. But if you're a, this was not a huge part, but if you're a big part, they're still testing you. 
Uh, you can oh. be gone tomorrow and recast. That's stressful. Yeah, I guess. Yes. I guess. I guess that's a. It's a. It's a reether just in case uh, you don't work out. I guess. It's um, yeah, and that's how they work out the kinks too. You know, they want to hear it. Everybody's there casting. Everybody and big round table executive producer. The will be at the end, and so you know, I did a scandal with Shonda Rhimes. You know, sitting right there in the middle, and everybody around, and it's like, yeah, it's pretty. Uh, it's pretty overwhelming, especially if the show's already aired and you're about to guest star on it and you're there and you're like, oh my God, it's Kerry Washington. Oh my God, that's so, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> and a... you're about to speak to them, you know. <laughs> you know, yes, school, when you were at school and you're about to speak, it's your turn and your heart's pounding, you know, you're waiting, you're waiting, you know, it's coming, you know, it's coming. That's how it feels. Yeah. But yeah I, I, usually in school, you don't have to speak in front of Kerry Washington. So I think it's probably <laughs> like a different level. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, guest stars are super important. If guest stars don't work, in my opinion, the the whole episode falls apart. So guest stars are really important parts of uh, any show. And you uh, just to run through a couple other things that maybe our listeners might be interested in. Uh, you spent some time on the CW. You've been on uh, Supernatural. That was and, amazing. Yeah, uh, <laughs> let's let's see. We got you on Supernatural, and then I've got you on iZombie. Oh, <laughs> I love iZombie. Oh, no. Which, what? <laughs> I want to I ask, because I don't watch iZombie, so you might have to fill us in uh, about uh, your injury here. In this I think picture. that's tough on iZombie, apparently. <laughs> I had uh, a wife, a mistress, and a lover. And, oh, wow. Uh, oh, you were busy. <laughs> I, was busy. I was playing a Latin lover called Javier Abano, famous painter, and I got murdered, you know, mm. that way with the paintbrush right in the eye. Oh, that's what that is. <laughs> what a way to go. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I got to be the dead body at the corner at the medical, you know, whatever, which is kind of creepy because you're like almost naked and uh, just a sheet, you know, and then they take it off and then you have your head on that thing that they support your head with. And the makeup has to be like you're dead. And I'm pretty dark always. So it's, uh, it was interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that that was a, a funny picture. I thought I just had to ask you about that. And uh, you were also in uh, some films. Uh, you did uh, Transformers uh, the last night. So that, uh, that was an amazing experience. I auditioned for that in May of whatever year it was. I didn't hear for six months. In October, my manager in LA, I was living in LA, called me and said, hey, uh, the office from Transformers just called. Are you still available? I'm like, heck yeah. <laughs> they had been in London for three months shooting and then Detroit for three months and then they were finishing the movie in Los Angeles at Paramount Pictures so I got to have my own parking space at Paramount on the lot you know you come in the gate open I mean it's fantastic and then uh, I go and meet Michael Bay and then he's like uh, are you are you free Wednesday I'm like yeah he goes okay you're working Wednesday so I got two days. <laughs> originally it was free one day um, and everything they say about Michael Bay was true, you know, he was yelling at people and stuff, but he was very kind to me. Um, and he was a very good, there was no last looks, you know what I mean? Like, uh, makeup and hair before they shoot, you know, they say last looks. Um, there was none of that. There was no mark on the floor. It was just very organic, very quick, very like, okay, let's do this, let's do that, you know? And he has his own camera, camera that he created. And, uh, my scenes were with Tony Hale, who's from Veep and Arrested Development. I'm mostly known for comedies, so this was interesting because uh, I was the JBL, JPL, JPL. Mm -hmm. um, sorry, I have a JBL speaker. <laughs> JPL, <laughs> and um, 
yeah, it was at NASA, basically, and the sound stage, the stage was fantastic. I never got to meet Mark Wahlberg or Anthony Hopkins or anything like that, or see any of the Transformers, but it was still pretty cool. That's that's cool to be in a Transformers movie. That that's a pretty big deal. So that that's cool. So you have a, a pretty pretty long list of uh, credits. I encourage everybody to go check out his IMDb and <laughs> and follow. Yeah, I was along. scrolling, going like, oh, I like that. I like that. <laughs> Criminal Minds. <laughs> <laughs> Just a who's who's list of good shows on there. <laughs> so yeah. you you might see uh, Claude pop up in something that you didn't expect. Um, and I guess that leads into a question of like, what what do you look for when uh you look uh you look at a script so like for supergirl when when you were approached about this uh did someone hand you a script did you go audition uh what what was that process like oh yeah i just got an audition i have actually the uh the breakdown here from my agent so basically there's a there's a breakdown service called actors access and we just get an email and says you have a c-mail and then you open this email and it tells you what the role is and this came uh, september 1st of 2020 so right in the middle of the pandemic, and it says role name, Silas, male, mid 40s to early 50s, kind of like it's right. Any ethnicity, obviously they have to say that. Uh, a mild-mannered alien whose tragic past allows him to help the super friends with their mission at hand. One day guest star. That's how it came to me. Hmm. Oh, wow. Right? So so you, you got a couple of episodes out of that. Yeah, I was about to say, <laughs> one day. It seemed like you were in a little bit more than that. <laughs> yeah. And then you have the script. The, not the script, sorry, the sides. And the new thing, while well, CW is very protective of their audition and everything, they always say on the top, you know, do not share anything on Facebook or anywhere. You know, no posting on Facebook, Twitter, uh, personal blogging, any website, blah, blah, blah. So CW takes care of that. So you can't do anything or talk about anything until it had aired on the CW. Um, and a lot of times, because there's been people that have made mistakes and opened their big mouths or talked about it or posted their auditions on YouTube or Vimeo. Why? Oh, no. Why would you do don't that? You, don't do that. Private. <laughs> well, you know, when at first things started with the self-tapes, I'm talking about before the pandemic, people didn't yeah. know do how to do it or... Do I do it on Vimeo? Do I put a private thing, Dropbox? It was so confusing. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Now it's a bit more organized and um, no posting on YouTube, basically. Until after, like right now I'm waiting. Once it's on Netflix, my episodes, I can probably post my audition, you know, my actual video audition. But listen to this, ladies. The audition was all my lines were with Nicole. That was one scene, right? And it's all listening to Silas as he recounts his backstory. My husband was falsely accused of theft. He was sentenced to six months in the Strikers. Huh. That's huh. different. <laughs> See? They didn't want to ruin it. Oh, that's took, interesting. Yeah. It took Owen from me. That's all the same. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, I failed, um, you know, blah, blah, blah. And she says, I'm sure I can replicate your technology. That was Brainy's line, actually. And I say, the tech is the easy part. People talk about strikers as a place where time does not pass, but it isn't what makes it terrible. It's the guards. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> Phantoms mentioned. <laughs> 
And the rest is pretty much as it was uh, on, on the day, but it's all just me and Nicole. So what do you do with that? You just, you know, I had a friend come over. She's a really good actress, Sadika, local actress here. And uh, I just basically had her with me, which most of the time during the pandemic, uh, pandemic, sorry, I made my self tapes with uh, Zoom people, you know, on Zoom. But for that, she came over here. And it really, I had this story about Chadwick Boseman that had just passed that week. And I actually got a chance to act with that guy. Huh. That's oh, wow. Amazing actor. And this was like one of those, uh, what do you call it? Not a uh -uh moment, uh, more like a, uh, I came home and I was almost in tears after I acted with that guy. There was something about that guy that was so special and so great. Um, anyway, so I, I told that story to Sadika and then I paused and then I started my scene. And it just put me in that zone of, you know, talking about my husband and the phantom zone. Because I'm making this up. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> you, you can make stuff up. You can make backstory. You can, you know, yeah, make up stuff. But you don't want to be too far from. And then I don't like to make too, too much stuff up. Because then what if the producers, that's not really what they want. So I try to stick to really what I have on the, on the script, on the side, you know. And that's it. It just kind of worked, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so that's a, that's a really interesting um, uh, uh, introduction to, you know, if people didn't know about sides and some of the things, because they do, they do sort of mess with, <laughs> with it to try to, uh, to hide some information. Polly even says, uh, I remember those uh, tapes that were leaked and we were all speculating about what Strikers was. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so sometimes they do try to uh, throw people off just in case those sides get out. I had watched, sorry, I had watched no. Supergirl, obviously, and, and uh, I knew about the Phantom Zone, but then that wasn't mentioned, so I was looking for the Strikers, and I, I don't know, it's just, I was like, I can't go back and start trying to figure out which episode they're talking about, Strike. you know what I mean? So I, <laughs> I just went with what I had, basically, and by watching the show previously, before my audition, obviously. I noticed how everybody was dressed really nice and fitted clothes and, you know, like just like, so I wore fitted black jeans and a leather jacket. And it's one of those that has like a round collar and it was all zipped up and I just looked very stoic. I, I just had that image of alien. Because there you go. I didn't know it was a vampire then. I was about to. I was about to say. If, I feel like it works for the vampire. It's a little. It's a little bit like <laughs> mysterious. Little bad boy. <laughs> There's nothing in there, and that's good. That says I'm a vampire. Yeah. No. Nothing in the breakdown. So I only found out later on when I got <laughs> ripped. I was like, what? I'm a vampire. What? I could have worn <laughs> teeth in for my audition. I'm robbing blood banks. <laughs> That was the real twist. Not that you were an alien, but that you were an alien vampire. Yeah. <laughs> no one saw it coming. <laughs> yeah. So, so how would you pre prepare for that? Uh, once you find out that you're going to be playing an alien vampire, what what's the process? Do you, do you watch a lot of vampire movies? Do you you know how do you prepare? marathon? <laughs> how do you prepare for that? I did. I mean, I had played a vampire before for a Heineken commercial. Um, and they do these crazy wild commercials. And uh, that was like four hours of like makeup and hair and everything. And it was pretty fantastic. So really got into that. But um, 
I've always been a fan of vampires, and uh, I basically watched uh, a little bit of True Blood again. And I wanted to watch how they do with the fangs, you know, the <sighs> whatever. And I watched the new Dracula on Netflix. I forget the name of it. I don't know if it's called Dracula or whatever. It's a new series about Dracula. Um, so I watched him and I actually took screenshots of him and sent that to uh, the hair people in production and say, hey, because they asked me what I thought I should look like. And I was like, well, I don't know, but... <laughs> Of what you know, make my hair darker, make me, I don't know, eyeliner and you know that kind of stuff. So I had a little bit of input in the looks of Silas, which was cool. The blue contacts, not my. I loved it, but it wasn't my uh, idea. Is that pretty typical yeah. for um, for the hair and makeup people to to ask for your input? I think if you're a big guest star. So basically, once I got the part. So okay, let me go back. So first audition, right? Then I didn't hear for a while. Then I auditioned for uh, Superman and Lois for a different role. Same office, same, right? Same production, everything. Then I auditioned for the prosecutor in that episode of Supergirl that was in uh, with uh, John Cryer, you know, the the big trial that he had, you know? Oh, yes. Yeah. We we are familiar. (laughs) Yes. So it was a woman played the prosecutor. So I auditioned for that. So then they saw me in a suit doing some something completely different. So I got to show them different sides of my of myself as an actor. Because I don't know if they really go on IMDb to look at my demo or I don't know. You know what I mean? So they got to see three things. And then I ended up booking Silas and my agent says, and the role has grown exponentially and it's now becoming a top of show guest star three episodes. But again, I didn't know how big am I eight days, you know, every episode or just, you know, uh, so it turned out to be eight days in the first episode, uh, three or four in the next, and then only one on the last, which I don't know what happened. We can talk about that later. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, we have some questions about, uh, yeah, have yeah. A, a good question. <laughs> if you want to pull it up, Rebecca, uh, I, I was looking at Nicole's question. Yeah. That's uh, the one so, I was looking at. Yeah. It's, um, so Nicole asks several of the Supergirl cast have played vampires in other media. Did you guys swap stories or share advice about playing vampire characters? Cause I, I believe, I believe Katie has, I believe N- Nicole, Nicole has. has. Yeah, definitely. I talked about it and I saw it on her. Uh, I think she's known for it. like on Twitter or her Instagram or something. So yeah, we did talk about that. She's, she was she was pretty badass. She was really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, I, I I can imagine uh, playing vampires. It might be something that I guess every actor sort of has to uh, come across every now and then because vampires are really popular. There's a lot of <laughs> vampire content out there. There's actually. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's true. Do you remember that? Like, there was like one, a couple of years where everything was vampires. It was like True Blood and the Vampire Diaries and Twilight. It was like everywhere. <laughs> vampires the market are so hot. Got, the market got saturated with vampires. <laughs> oh, well, and I'm I'm very interested in how actors have to utilize other aspects. It's not just you in you know your physical you know presence and uh, your, the words you're saying. There are other aspects that you have to focus on, especially like with Silas. He had teeth, 
that so so how what's what's the what's the trick to uh, saying your lines with those those teeth in? Well, you get used to it. So basically, I went to some special plays. They do an impression of your teeth, and then uh, once you get on set doing the hair makeup, they give you these. They're like Invisaligns, basically, but it's separated in two. So it's not one; it's two. You pop one, and you pop the other, and it has a, a tooth on each. And uh, yeah, it was a little bit of a speech impediment at first. But I guess you get used to it and you just make sure you don't eat and stuff and you pop them out when you go and get off the set, you know, so it's more comfortable. The contacts was different because uh, it was hard to see, basically, because it just kind of like narrows your vision. Huh. So I'm with the contacts. Every time I was on set, it was, you know, difficult to make sure that I was not going to fall and step on anybody or anything, you know. So that wasn't great. I think he did a great job with the teeth. Uh, you, yeah. the, the way, the, the way, I, and maybe it's because of the teeth, but the way you emphasize certain words to really make the teeth come out. Oh uh, yeah, I I actually. Yeah, yeah, I, that, you did a great job with that because uh, it really, it really showcased the teeth. Okay. And one of the things that I was uh, curious about when I went back to rewatch uh, your episodes was uh, in that first episode, kind of basically the first time we see Silas, he gets a, uh, in a fight with Brainy and he has one of those, uh, Brainy kind of does his like calculating fight style where he's sort of <laughs> matrixing it everywhere. So, um, so what was that like? What Were you in some of the, did you get to do your own stunts and, and what was that process like? So basically when I read the script the first time, I was like, damn, there's a lot of, like there's the big battle scene, they call it the battle royale. Uh, and then there's the fight with, with uh, Brainy and then, you know, toss the security guy and then get pushed on the floor and picked up by Jean. And I was like, wow, I got a trainer at the gym. I was like, I need to get to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm always in shape, but I wanted to be more physically in shape and just to make sure that I was not going to be the actor, you know, because I'm not like 25. And um, basically the stunt coordinator is the one in charge of all the, the stunt people. And they just give you uh, the lowdown. Ask anything you want. You know, you want pads on your knees. You want pad on your butt. You want pads on your elbows. They'll give them to you. And it's definitely recommended for actors. But he, he gave us the whole um, choreography and then uh, practice with him. And it's a slow process. You know, make sure that you know, we just do it every time the same way. And then afterward, you add a little speed to it. Uh, and then you add the facial expression to it, you know, so you look more badass and stuff. <laughs> and uh, uh, Jesse uh, just kind of practiced together. And it didn't take too long. I mean, we're both pros and it just worked out. And uh, he did change. I don't know if you know about that. But when I opened the, when I throw the security guy, which basically was a stunt guy, um, he was so good at throwing himself against the wall every time. <laughs> And I grab him and I say, keys. And I grab the key and I open the thing. Brainy was supposed to be upside down. Oh. Oh. And the line was, how is it hanging, my dude? <laughs> <laughs> but Jesse had heard of a horrible story. I'm speaking for him. I hope he doesn't get upset. But he, he had heard of a horrible story of somebody, an actor, who was hanging upside down for a short, long time. And it caused some damage to... I think the blood in his eyes or something. Or... Oh, no. Good for him, you know. Um, I mean, I the whole first episode with the Battle Royale, I was exhausted. I was like, I told Kyler, I was like, you, do, you guys do this all the time? 
really is. You know, you got to be in shape. You got to stay in shape. I mean, uh, Jean, uh, David Harewood, you know, he's my age. It's like, he's no young pup, you know, and you got to stay in good shape to do all those stunts. So, but yeah, uh, basically, uh, if you, you know, you're being pushed, then it will be a stunt guy. I'll do it. But then you got to do the landing and you got to do the, you know, so there's a lot of stuff that you got to do. And uh, for me, it was all new, but I, I mean, in that style, especially superhero style. Um, but yeah, I felt uh, pretty comfortable with it. I was just like, yeah, let's do it. And the coordinator was really happy with me because I was just willing to do whatever. Yeah. I mean, the, the fight with Bernie looks, looks really great. So, uh, yeah. Y'all did a good job. <laughs> um, and s since you're, uh, you've been talking about some of the other cast members. I, I know in uh, you had a, a really beautiful scene with Ozzy Tespi and also with uh, Kyler Lee. Uh, Alex gives you a little bit of a pep talk. So what was it like having those more intimate moments? You, you had the cool fight scene, but um, what was that like acting with the uh, the two of them? That was Ozzy was fantastic. Uh, we we met in the trailer, the makeup trailer beforehand, before that scene, and we just started chatting and just get to know each other a little bit. And she had been on Jane the Virgin, and so was I. So we had something to talk about. And uh, I kind of asked her actually. I said, you know, when I stare at you, do I like you know you see actors sometimes their eyes start going like this, and it's really distracting. And um, I remember Michael Caine used to have a video and talked about just focus on one eye. And I said, I hope you don't mind, but I'm just going to focus on one eye. <laughs> <laughs> Got those big eyes, right? But she's so like present and so there. It kind of reminded me of my friend Sadiqa that came over and just uh, made it so comfortable for me. It was just so easy, you know? And they did cut a lot of my dialogue for this. They kept most of hers and cut some of mine. I had more, but it's okay. That was the only, because, you know, they, sh they overshoot, basically, right? And then they need to narrow it down. So that's what they did. But she was fantastic. And Kyler, there was a different story, because Kyler and I had the giggles a lot, and we laughed. <laughs> yeah. Time to do that. Seeing when she comes in the corner, that was during the battle, and we were so confused at what was going on. And we were kind of laughing a, a little bit at what she had to say, and just, like, um, it was fun, you know. Well, that's good. I'm glad. I'm glad you guys had a a, a good experience uh, with that because those those scenes are great. So you you all did a really good job with that. Yeah. Um, let's see. I, I guess do we have any uh, questions while we're stopping here? Um, uh, Claudia does uh, want to know: Do the actors on Supergirl work out on set during filming? Do you do you know if they do that? Well, okay. So now I have not seen what they do on normal non-pandemic COVID nineteen. <laughs> <laughs> it could be different, but no, because we all have to go back to our trailers and um, we don't really see each other besides when we're just kind of walking together on set and then we're together and then we hang out. No, I saw that on Supernatural. The guys, the boys, they're called. They have <laughs> a massive van. That's a gym. It's a portable gym that will follow wherever they are. Oh, wow. And they can get there on set an hour before and work out. And then take a shower in their trailer and then show up at the makeup. You know, that's what they do. They don't have time to go to a gym. They're on set 12, 13, 14 hours a day. Yeah. Keep that but, yeah, that's true. That does so, make sense. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. But now, and also with this season of Supergirl, because of COVID, they had to uh, narrow it down to 10 hours a day. So. Oh, wow. Oh. 
Oh, that's so, that that's interesting to know. I I had only known about the masks and the tests and all that, but uh, to know that they had to decrease the hours. That's interesting. Decrease the hours, and so no more working on Friday until like you know midnight, twelve o'clock, whatever, two in the morning till the the shots are done. They have to get it done within those ten hours every day of the week, whatever. So basically, if you call times at seven, you're done by seven. So you can still work out after. You know, if you're early riser, work out before. So it's, <laughs> no, I didn't see them uh, do any workout on Saturday. Uh, nobody doing ropes or anything. You know, Jesse and uh, David were playing uh, chess. Oh. oh, so they were working out their minds. <laughs> <laughs> Mental workout. Very smart. Jesse Raff is a genius. I mean, he's like, he's an en- encyclopedia. I mean, he knows everything about the DC. No wonder why he got that role. <laughs> he does love him some legion of superheroes that's for sure yeah. um well uh we have some questions because we had these questions when we were talking about silas so i wondered if uh, you could sort of fill in some gaps for us so um so did you uh, maybe think about uh so the they introduced the planet of transylvane uh with silas's appearance so i think that was the first time we'd ever heard of transylvane as a planet um so was that something that uh you gave any thought to or did anybody give you any direction on um just uh, what, what's transylvane like uh what do you suppose what do you suppose they, they do there was- just a vampire <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and if it is how do they eat they suck blood <laughs> but but if there are no humans around, do they? It's, is it just each other? <laughs> they they have a little bit of blood. So they there you go. Okay. And then when they're grown up, they just find another planet. Oh, okay. I I like that. I like that. <laughs> that that does make sense. They have to head out into the world. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for filling in those gaps because we welcome. were like, do they do they turn each other into vampires? How how does that how does that work? Um, so that does make sense. Maybe they just uh, go from planet to planet. Um, you know, there are things that are unexplained. Adam and Eve, who, who <laughs> what happened? Who was there before? And then they had a baby, but that baby had sex with who to make more babies? The brother? What? I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes you just leave it as. Sometimes you're just like, it's just a vampire planet. <laughs> yes. it is. It is. And then you got to let it go. Let it go. And we were also uh, curious about uh, Silas's roommates on Earth. So I was, I in particular was a little concerned that he had to live with like three roommates. Like, what, what is our time stuff for Silas? That's a lot of people in one house. It seemed like it was tough. I was even thinking to myself when I saw the apartment. I, was, I mean, you see my apartment here in Vancouver. <laughs> oh, and I saw Silas' apartment. I was like, damn. Doing for work, you know. <laughs> That's why he's got to rob those blood banks. Forties, <laughs> he's got roommates. He's got to rob blood banks, and then they steal his blood. They did. Are yeah. are are his roommates vampires too? Or yeah. okay, all right. They ran out of their blood, so they had to drink my O negative. That is uh, that is totally bad roommate etiquette, and I feel like <laughs> they need to have like a like a house meeting to talk about it. <laughs> oh yeah, and there was labels on all the cars. They were made. How dare they? <laughs> Silas, and they took my stuff. <laughs> you know that scene? I was supposed to whatever the blood uh, on set was, and then start going, <clears throat> and then drop the jar. And then I said to them, I said, "That's gonna look like." It's the blood that's making me fall. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
was the fact that the, the phantom I got inside of me during the battle, right? It just went in and I didn't realize until I got home and not feeling well. So if I drank that blood, it would have appeared that the blood is making me sick and all of a sudden a phantom comes out of me, you know? So we nixed that, uh, we just dropped it instead of drinking it. That's that's a good call. I think that's handled the right way because I, I I see your point. I think it's handled very well. I, I would have thought that one of the roommates had poisoned his blood. <laughs> like there's there was some real drama in that apartment. <laughs> and that fall was actually another big stunt for me because you know I had to. There was a stool and then I mean it was all choreographed, but uh, there was a, a padding and stuff. So that was another. But I did. Uh, I love the director was so excited and he was like. Uh, when it came back, you know, when they have everything blocked and he goes, uh, do you want to shoot? You know, no rehearsal. Like, yeah. And then we did two takes and that was it. So That's cool. awesome. Well, we're, we're very glad that uh, things worked out for Silas. Uh, he, he got he got a lot of uh, he was yelled at by the super friends. They made him go to work and do something that was very traumatizing <laughs> for him. The uh, super friends weren't always nice to Silas, and I didn't appreciate that. I was on I was on Silas's side the whole time. I was like, wait, now you're making him develop an app for you? What is this? <laughs> and, and and I saw that episode where you guys talking about that. And it was not my doing of smacking that iPad, by the way. <laughs> that was in the script. Really? It was That's... all there. I didn't do any of that. <laughs> That's too funny. Well, go, you know, (laughs) well, it worked, I guess, hitting, hitting that iPad, even though I don't think it would maybe work in real life on Supergirl. (laughs) It worked. Uh, but yeah, so uh, they they put Silas through the ringer. He became a phantom at one point. Uh, so I'm I'm glad that all worked out in the end. <laughs> so I guess I guess Silas is uh, just living his best life now that he's uh, he's been restored. He has his where I guess his soul back in. Where can he go? I mean, Supergirl is going to be over. I, I want to. I'd love to go on another DC comic show. You know, I think Silas could maybe hop. On the shows, I, I think yeah. he, I think he he could show be on the show. You know the the legends. I feel like of tomorrow welcomes <gasps> everybody. They don't. They've never had a vampire on the on the wave rider. I feel like that's a natural fit. <laughs> I think so. That would be a great fit. They could they could go into. Um, I don't know what time period that would be. And think of it this way. Think of it this way. Silas is already used to having up between three and five roommates. So he's going to feel right at home. (laughs) Right at home on the wave rider. I think that's a great pitch. They're going to be a great fit for Silas on Legends of Tomorrow. Put it out there. (laughs) let's get Silas on legends. That's a good pitch. Well, um, uh, I guess to wrap up our Supergirl uh, time, uh, what, Claude, what was your your experience on Supergirl? What what would you what would you tell people about your Super Supergirl experience? What did you enjoy most about it? How kind the people were, from the producers to the cast, because it's not easy for an actor to come in on a show, especially on season six. Everybody knows you know each other. Uh, everybody know each other very well, and uh, the uh, director of that first episode was so welcoming and he was like, you know, they were all covered in PPE and he was like, you know, I'm so sorry you have to meet us that way. And normally, you know, we would have taken you out to dinner. And I was like, taking me out to dinner, really? Wow. <laughs> Great production. I mean, I guess star top of show, they just want to maybe talk about the story. Maybe we would have talked more about those details that I didn't know any, there was no time because it was just so like, you know, so fast, but, um, 
Yeah, I would say how everything was very safe uh, for during the COVID that we shot. Everything was very organized and they were so happy to be back. By the way, I was the first actor to be on set because I had to do some camera tests for the contact lenses, for the fangs. Uh, you know, they send those to Hollywood and Hollywood decides, you know, which color the fangs work, the fangs don't work, whatever. Um, well, they had to work, but um, maybe a different size of fangs, I don't know. Um, and I was the first actor back on set since uh, March 2020 when they shut down. And this is in October. So oh, wow. I walked on the set and I was the first one to do a test with the camera and the lights and everything and do my monologue and then change contacts, come back, do it again. And that's when I met everybody the first time. I didn't. I only met Kyler there because she was there also not to work to get her hair dyed purple or whatever and get her cut and whatever. She was ready for getting ready for the season. And uh, she's the one who kind of gave me the lowdown on everything. And then I, she goes, if you have any questions, she was just so nice, you know. And that's that was my introduction to them. And it just uh, everything else, everybody else that I met after was just super nice and friendly and welcoming. That That's my experience. That's what I remember from it. Well, I'm so glad to hear you had a good experience on the show. That's really um, cool. Do you have any uh, like fun behind the scenes stories or anything that you'd want to share? Oh, boy. Um, I'm trying to remember now. What did I do that could have been? No, behind, you know, everything was so different because because of COVID, we had to go back to our trailers. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. We couldn't really hang out on set with the other actors, so that was uh, that was not fun, really, because um, I like to just hang out and chat with people usually. But we would shoot, and then we just go back, you know, and that's it. So there's really nothing. Um, I mean, I did take some videos. I'm sure you saw those on on social media and stuff. So I did it kind of behind, you know, like the scenes, hiding about it. <laughs> um, I uh, posted them after the episode had aired, so. Yeah, that's such a, a unique experience to have done that during the COVID pandemic. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm glad that at least it was you felt safe and you were able to do kind of what you needed to do, even uh, with all that uh, that craziness. So that that is definitely a unique experience. Hopefully that we will never have to <laughs> replicate uh, again. Um, and uh, I, I always try to ask this of people, and I forgot to do it earlier. But uh, what what was your first encounter with the character of Supergirl? Not not even just it, it doesn't have to be the show, but w- when was the first time you ever learned that there was a character? Of it Supergirl? is. A, I was living in Los Angeles, and uh, it was a big deal when the first season it was also shot in Los Angeles, and I auditioned for the pilot. Oh, cool. I don't remember. I think it was a lawyer or something. I went back the other day. I was like, wow, that was a long time ago. I couldn't believe it. That's really cool that you had that uh, that prior experience with the show in Los Angeles, but then you were actually able to get on the show in Vancouver. That's that's yeah. very cool. And then I watched the entire first season with Calissa Fockhart. Uh, and then I moved here. And then what happened when I moved here, the CW is not, I mean, you have to pay extra. And I just, in Vancouver, it's not really easy access. And then... Uh, I just didn't have it. So I watched it on Netflix the first uh, five seasons, I think, or four seasons. Yeah, five seasons on there. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, you got you to gotta catch up if you're going <laughs> to be. Oh, yeah. When I booked Silas, I watched every single episode. Oh, that's yeah. impressive. That's, that's quite a binge. <laughs> well, also during, you know, COVID. So there was no. Oh, yeah. You what else was there to do? <laughs> <laughs> no more. 
<laughs> Lots of people were binging Supergirl during uh, the pandemic, so that's that's cool. Well, I'm glad you uh, you you were able to to come on uh, Supergirl and uh, ha- actually have that experience. So that's great. Well, if you have a few minutes, uh, we would love to play some snap, ju- make some snap judgments with you if if you, if you don't mind. Sure. Um, so we'll play a little intro and we'll be right back. The game of snap judgments. Each person is presented with two options, but must only choose one. First instincts are recommended and explanations are unnecessary. Okay, so our first snap judgment. Would you rather have to break into a blood bank or figure out how to break into the phantom zone? (laughs) Blood bank. <laughs> it does seem easier. Um, I would also go blood bank because I don't want to have to develop an app to get into the Phantom Zone. I don't have that amount of time. That's a, that's a lot of work, probably in a short amount of time. Because uh, how many developers do I have? Is it just me? <laughs> no. Do I have a team? Do I have a team? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I don't know. The Phantom Zone might mean that I might get to go, but would I want to go to the Phantom but Zone? Do we- I lost my husband in the damn franchise. That's that's yeah. true. It's not a great experience. <laughs> I don't even know where he is. <laughs> that's true. They never did a. They, oh, they oh, never. They never got him out at all either. Too like they felt like they could have sent in a message to Supergirl, like, "Hey, could you get Silas's husband?" No, it's fine. Right? <laughs> <laughs> He's still in there. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's coming. Maybe that's coming. Uh, yeah, I probably would do blood bank. It does seem easier. Would you rather transform into a bat or a phantom? A bat. Because <laughs> you can just go and sneak everywhere and watch people and then scare them if you want to. But this phantom thing, it was just so big and scary and you can't go incognito. You know, you just, yeah, bat for sure. Yeah, I think I do bat too. Like I, in both cases, you can fly, but in like one case, you're basically a Dementor, and I don't like. <laughs> like, I'm not saying I love everybody. I don't feel like I want to like inflict their worst fears upon them. When you're and you're a bat, you're just like flying around eating insects, like love and life. You're not. You're not like you know bringing out anyone's worst nightmare. So. I don't know. The Phantoms uh, built that structure, I think, in the <laughs> they, Phantom they Zone. Did. They did all work together to build that. <laughs> and they had uh, an office room and some cubby holes. That, it seemed like they had a good good thing going in the Phantom Zone in that in this they, built, they built it up to code. They, <laughs> they got it inspected. <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, the, the, the Phantoms seem to, you know, have a, a, a little bit of a, a sitcom going there on, on <laughs> in the Phantom Zone. So I I maybe, I maybe say would say phantom, yeah. Okay. <laughs> there, you, there you go. You can do some construction. You can unionize, maybe. <laughs> the world's your oyster. <laughs> um, okay. What's the better situation to be in, being a Fort Ross prisoner or being yelled at by Martian Manhunter? Oh, yelled at by Martian and Manhunter. For sure. I can take David here with any time. <laughs> <laughs> you don't scare me. <laughs> Hmm. I'm I'm gonna go being yelled at by Martian Manhunter because I think like we know Jean's just a softy inside and like you just gotta tell him your sob story and he's gonna come around. That was out of character anyway, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. He was having a bad day. Yeah, he was he was stressed because Carl was in the Phantom Zone. I'm like, why are you yelling at me? I'm trying to help you build it. <laughs> Make your own app. <laughs> 
Yeah, at least uh, at least if Martian Manhunter is yelling at you, you're getting to spend time with Martian Manhunter. So, <laughs> so I guess I would pick that. <laughs> Not bad. Um, okay, our last snap judgment. Who's the number one threat to vampires? Buffy the Vampire Slayer or Abraham Lincoln, dot, dot, vampire hunter? <laughs> oh, Buffy. Buffy, she's badass. Sure. <laughs> I don't know what she would look like today, but back in the day, that was the big thing. I didn't see the other movies, so I don't know about Abraham. Um, yeah, I mean, I have to go Buffy. I was a huge Buffy fan back in the day. I mean, obviously, Abe has done a lot for us all, but uh, <laughs> when it comes to slaying vampires, I think Buffy's got it. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm going to go Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter uh, because he gets he gets the vampires with the axe, which is like <laughs> my favorite thing that the axe that chops down the, the logs, I guess, to build the log cavity you grew up in. Uh, that's I'm going to go. I'm going to go Vampire Hunter. Abe Lincoln Vampire Hunter. I just love that that exists. Like, I, I do, just... too. <laughs> uh, spoiler alert. It's actually a really great film. So oh, really? I, highly, I highly recommend. And it's actually, there's a lot of good historical facts in there that are pretty, pretty true to history. Well, they should be, right? I mean, you can't play with that history that much. I mean, the vampire portion may not be true. <laughs> no, I don't know. I'm still may not be true. I'm still holding it. Might, might exist, okay? <laughs> I'm like 98% sure that the vampires were not part of Abraham Lincoln's real story. <laughs> but I'm, I'm holding out a little bit of a hope. Uh, but yeah, it's a, uh, I would I would actually go as far to say that Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter was more historically accurate than Steven Spielberg's Lincoln film with Daniel Day Lewis. Really? Oh yes, <laughs> those are some wow. fighting words. History people can come at me, but <laughs> but that is what I get. Some tweets about that. <laughs> We're gonna get some hot takes <laughs> on Lincoln films. I'm into it. Uh, but yeah, so I would I would go Abe Lincoln. I love vampires. Uh, do you have a favorite vampire? Um, I was a big fan of uh, the books Interview with a Vampire. And oh, Lestat, yeah. Lestat was definitely my favorite. I just loved everything that Anne Rice created for that series. And when I saw the movie, it was like, that was my inspiration for my Heineken commercial, Vampire, actually. <laughs> Literally. I went and bought a wig. I bought um, like a ruffle shirt. I put on some makeup. And I put the wig in a ponytail with a big bow. And then the, the the ruffled thing, and I just totally got inspired by the interview with the vampire, and I went in there and and I killed it, and they liked it. You know, so that's a great film. So it's, it's a classic. A, good inspiration. Well, I haven't seen it in years. That was well, really well done. Well, we all have some vampire movies that we need to watch. So <laughs> we've got a we've got a Supergirl Radio Halloween vampire watch list now. <laughs> I gotta watch a Abraham Lincoln. Yes, and interview with the vampire. Definitely rewatch them. All right. Well, we will wrap up Snap Judgments and then we'll say goodbye to Claude and then uh, we'll continue on with some news. No judgments on your Snap Judgments. Well, that's going to do it for our time with Claude. So uh, thank you for being with us and being so gracious with your time. I know we kept you a little over than what I told you we would uh, give you uh, in terms of time. But thank you so much for sharing your experience. And uh, I'm so glad you had a good time uh, playing Silas. Um, where can people uh, follow up with you? And do you have any projects coming up? 
Uh, so Claude Knowlton is my name, and that's my handle for everything, Twitter, Facebook, uh, don't email me, but it's everything is Claude Knowlton. There is no other Claude Knowlton. <laughs> uh, so that's me, and um, I have a Hallmark movie coming up. I play a Latino wedding cake maker. I play Latino a lot. And um, I'm going to South Carolina on Sunday for a shoot, but I can't uh, disclose any information about that. I signed an NDA, so there. That's it. That's what's going on. Well, uh, follow Claude on uh, social media so that uh, you can keep up with everything he's doing. Cause, and you can uh, find out what that is sometime in the future. <laughs> we, we, yeah. got a, we got a little tease, but we don't know. So we'll, just, we'll, <laughs> have, to, we'll have some mystery and you have to find, <laughs> follow him to find out. We will have to keep following you. So thank you very much uh, again for coming on and uh, for sharing your experience. And we wish you the, the best in all your future projects. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I've been watching Thanks you guys so for a long time, and it's just a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh, we're we're honored that you would watch our. our oh series. my goodness! Yeah, <laughs> well, you guys know so much about Supergirl. I was like, oh God, I should ask these people. Like, what what's going on? What's what? You know, because you guys know a lot. We wouldn't have known about the vampire thing, though. We couldn't have. Had you there. <laughs> but if you do have questions, let us know. If okay. we don't, if we don't know. We'll try to find out. We know people who know things. So, all right. Well, it was good to talk to you, and uh, we'll say goodbye, and we'll continue on with uh, some plugs and uh, some news. If you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Podchaser, and Spotify, where we also have a Spotify playlist that includes music featured on and inspired by the CW Supergirl TV series. We are listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com slash dc-fans. If you like what we do, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you enjoy our Supergirl radio live streams, make sure to subscribe to the DC TV Podcast YouTube channel and hit that notification bell to get notified when we go live and wired dc tv podcast also has a t public store so if you are in need of new dc tv related t-shirts tank tops sweatshirts onesies mugs notebooks pillows or stickers go to supergirlradio.com and click on the t public store link at the top of the page supergirl radio is part of the dc tv podcast network so if you also like the flash legends of tomorrow black lightning Titans, Doom Patrol, Batwoman, Stargirl, Superman and Lois, and the upcoming Green Lantern, Justice League Dark, and Strange Adventure Shows, and DC TV After Dark. You can subscribe to the DC TV Podcast Mega Feed on Apple Podcasts. Follow at DC TV Podcasts on Twitter and like DCTV Podcasts on Facebook, or else. This has been a message from Hope, inhabiting the Flash Vessel, also known as New Rachel. I miss Hope. Me too. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that New Rachel uh, can can let her live on on Supergirl. <laughs> she lives on in our hearts, I think. <laughs> <the main> thing. <laughs> uh, so uh, since we did talk about some bats, uh, we do have a Batwoman uh, design here in the DCTV uh, podcast T Public Store. So if you want to go check out the Batwoman merch and designs, 
definitely go give the DC TV. Po- uh, there's a lot of words. DC TV <laughs> podcast T public store and uh, give it a look. And I'm going to, since we are going to do some things continuing, I'm going to, uh, make us a little prettier since now we're only two people okay now we have everything <laughs> all right so definitely Yay. check out definitely check out the uh t public store and see what we got in there if you need some new stuff well uh we do have one news item so i guess we could get to the news this is kind of a sad bit of news, so uh, but I thought we should cover it here. According to Variety.com, director-producer Richard Donner, best known for helming the Lethal Weapon film series, The Goonies and the original Superman film, died uh, this week on Monday, which would have been July 5th, right? Uh, yes. he, he was 91 years old. Donner's production company confirmed news of his death to Variety, though the cause was not disclosed. Making full use of what he had learned on The Twilight Zone, Donner broke in the feature film arena with The Omen, a 1976 hit thriller that led to a plum assignment, bringing Superman to the big screen in 1978. He left the successful film's sequel in an eventually litigious dispute with the film's producers Alexander and Ilya Salkine. The film was taken over by Richard Lester, though much of Donner's work remains in the finished film, albeit uncredited. In 2006, Superman 2, the Richard Donner cut, was released on DVD the same day that Brian Singer's franchise reboot, Superman Returns, debuted on home video. So uh, since we are uh, related to the Superman mythos, uh, (laughs) uh, he didn't direct a Supergirl movie, but uh, since Superman... The movie uh, by Richard Donner is, is uh, seen as a very big inspiration for a lot of uh, live action superhero films and TV shows. I, I thought we uh, could mention that here because uh, he did contribute uh, greatly to the mythos uh, and was uh, kind of a big deal with Superman the movie. Although I would also suggest that people, if they liked Superman the movie, go watch Scrooged, The Goonies, Conspiracy <sighs> Theory. Lady so Hawk. Good. Lady Hawk is a movie nobody talks about, and they I've should. Never seen that one. I don't think I haven't watched it in a long time. But who's in? Re- who's it's, in Lady Hawk? Uh, Matthew Broderick, Michelle Pfeiffer, uh, Rutger Hauer is in it. It's a. It's a. It's a. It's a good. It's a good film. It's kind is of. It, a, is it like a fantasy film? Yeah, a little bit. It's. It's almost like a. I don't know if you'd say medieval, but it's kind of in that. Uh, sort of time period and uh, I love that kind of stuff so I would recommend Lady Hawk very cool film uh, and Scrooge is I think probably personally my favorite Christmas film oh so. my god Scrooge is so I, I I don't know that I had put together that Donner also directed Scrooge and Goonies like right there those are two films like just re- you could just retire on that like, <laughs> like <laughs> you didn't have to do all the other ones like they're so good like come on the goonies come on the, the goonies is such a classic uh yeah so i i think what he did for you know superman the movie he i mean he sort of revitalized superman and and really brought him to the big screen in, in a big way uh with christopher reeve so that that was a monumental thing that he did but I think uh, if you like his work, definitely check out some other films that he directed. Because, uh, I mean, as much as, you know, Chris- the Christopher Reeve Superman movie is great, 
I think, uh, you know, things like Lady Hawk are better. Like, I, you know, I, I, I think it, that, you know, the Superman stuff was not even his best work. So I would recommend people also go see some of those other films if you hadn't watched them. Um, but uh, I, I, I do appreciate what he did for the Superman mythos. But I'm a big fan of some uh, conspiracy theory. Oh, my gosh. What a good movie. Uh, yeah, he, and- he had a deep bench of, of films in addition to I know I feel like he's best known for Superman and and for good reason. Uh, but like, man, Goonies or, you know, the lethal even the lethal weapon movies. Oh, like, yeah. Those are, everybody knows those movies. Yeah. He he did so many uh, kind of iconic films, uh, even just the omen. Like, that's a scary movie. <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting that the uh, behind the scenes of Superman, the movie, uh, from what I understand, like the the producers saw the omen and they were like, that guy, we should get him for Superman. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> right? how, how did you get there? Like, I, I like happen? the energy of that intense, <laughs> scary movie. <laughs> Yeah, so that is uh, that's an interesting sort of behind the scenes of that uh, of how they chose Richard Donner, but he he did a really good job. And I thought I I think the thing that I like about Superman the movie is that it captures the Norman Rockwellness of Smallville very well, and I think that sort of you know set the tone for a lot of things that would come after it, like Smallville, like uh man of steel zack snyder's man of steel so i think a lot of that is um st- i think that some some of the film i don't maybe think holds up as much today because it was definitely of the time but the the smallville stuff i think will forever hold up as as wonderful and still look like you know it uh it's is timeless so that's that's the part of superman the movie i really love i know it, people like you know uh, the flying and the the you know the punchy punchy and the um, uh, the romance with Lois, but I I especially love the sort of the Norman Rockwell ness of Smallville. That yeah, he, I, he and I I think just for the time that they made that movie, the effects for the time were were really great, like surprisingly good when you kind of look at some other movies around that time period and like their effects you're like whoa for things like neon it's like <laughs> okay xanadu uh, <laughs> but i i think that yeah he i think that the superman the, the movie did a good job of uh of that superhero super heroics but also kind of grounding that character in like you mentioned like this this universe that felt really believable and, and that came down to the directing and, and like what he got out of the actors too, the performances. So, Oh, it is sad, but like, what a great legacy to leave behind. Oh my gosh. Yes. I, he, he left a lot of wonderful work behind and he also introduced, uh, Miss Tessmacher. Miss Tessmacher. Yes. Uh, she, <laughs> you know, she's in that film. So I, I wanted to give a shout out to her, uh, cause she, she plays a big uh, pivotal role there at the end with Superman, uh, kind of getting him out of Lex Luthor's, uh, lair. But, uh, but he did contribute so much to the Superman mythology. And he even also, I guess it should be mentioned, uh, that he was the original sort of Snyder cut phenomenon uh, because he did have to step away from uh, Superman two and his cut. If you've never seen it is superior to the, uh, 
the the one that was uh, finished up by Richard Lester. So it's it's very it's eerily similar to the Zack Snyder Snyder cut situation with Joss Whedon. Uh, it's weird that that happened twice with the same studio. What are you guys doing? Uh, <laughs> but uh, but I, I'm I'm glad that they did get to finally. <laughs> um, uh, Beaker made uh, another appearance. I, I don't yeah. know that y'all saw Beaker earlier. Oh, it was Bunsen. It was Bunsen earlier. It was which Bunsen is a earlier. Oh. And, uh, Beaker is usually Jesus, the the <laughs> ham of the two. <laughs> but Bunsen just like kind of like walked by, and he was just like, "What's this going on here?" And then like left. And I, I, I just, like, physically, I was like, "Stop! We're talking to Claude." <laughs> so both of the lab cats wanted to chime in on uh, on on this sad news. Uh, but yeah, so. Uh, I, I guess uh, we could sum up to say, you know, Richard Donner uh, contributed a lot to uh, what we know uh, about, you know, Smallville and Krypton. Uh, so he he did a lot of that uh, to, to bring that visually to the screen. And uh, if you've never seen the Donner cut, you really should, because uh, it has a, a little bit of a different ending there with Superman and Lois and uh, the way she finds out. Uh, about him being Superman is different, and uh, she she may have figured it out in that oh. cut. Uh, so I'm just saying, like Lois, I don't think I've ever watched that cut. So now I want to like seek that out because that sounds interesting. Yeah, Lois, uh, Lois gets a a little bit of better portrayal, in my opinion, in the Donner cut. Uh, so there's a, some really serious stuff there was uh, Superman and Lois there at the end. And it's it's very dramatic and good. So he did he did a great job with those characters in, in that universe. So glad he finally got his due with the uh, the Donner cut. Are, are we about to have another visitor? No, I think he's done. He is staring at me from off camera. But he he's like, I don't know. My, my public has seen enough of me. <laughs> he just jumped down and wandered away. So. He just wanted to give you a he's good... done for the night. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. So we did want to mention that because that was some big news that came out in the uh, Superman family uh, bit of news there. All right. Well, I guess we will get to our wrapping up of some things. So uh, we would like to uh, thank our Patreons or our Supergirl Radio Patreons. Uh, Michael, Sam, Ann, Marie, Grout, Yvonne, Quinn, Jessica, Nicola, Leslie, Abby, Ermgard, Miriam, Sheree, Donna, Nicole, Lizeth, Deb, Susan, Naomi, and V. Brewster. Thank you all for uh, contributing to the Patreon and helping us uh, pay for some fees and things of that nature and uh, uh, giving us a chance to do some cool things uh, with the Patreon. So uh, we hope that you are enjoying our content that we're providing uh, to you. So if you would like to become a patron, you can go to patreon.com slash supergirlradio. And we have four different levels uh, that you can contribute to. So if you'd like a, just a little extra Supergirl Radio, uh, that is what the Patreon is for. You get your, your regular uh, Supergirl Radio uh, time every week, but if you want some extra stuff with Morgan and me, and maybe the Lab Cats every now and then, uh, <laughs> might... we can't we can't control when they will or won't visit. So, <laughs> so that's what you might get with the uh, Patreon. 
And uh, and as a reminder, we're still running our flat Supergirl photography <laughs> contest, and we will be running it for a while. And so and so, if you want to enter, and you're like, oh, you know what? They've been doing this for a while. They don't need my entry. Guess what? We're gonna be doing this for months, and we do. So <laughs> so so get to printing. Uh, you can download you can download and print the flat Supergirl, uh, which you can find in the video description of this live stream in the show notes of the audio podcast or at the right hand side of supergirlradio.com then you just cut out the flat supergirl image and you put flat supergirl on a popsicle stick or a pen and then you just take a creative picture with flat supergirl it can be a selfie it can just be flat supergirl out in the world flat supergirl could be doing an activity is flat supergirl driving she shouldn't be she can't reach the pedals um i don't whatever you want flat supergirl to do she can do it let your imagination be your guide but remember <laughs> to take a picture and post it as many as you'd like she can get up to all kinds of shenanigans but post those pictures to Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook and tag at Supergirl Radio. Make sure you use the hashtag Supergirl Adventures. Yeah, so you definitely can do that. I I forgot to take Flat Supergirl with me when I went to uh, New Orleans and I was so I mad at myself. I was, yeah, I was mad too. I was going to take her. I went to Connecticut this past weekend to like an Airbnb with like a nice pool. I, I would have killed her because it was a pool. <laughs> we, were in the, we were in the pool a lot and she would have melted. But I was going to take some pictures of her like sitting poolside, like drinking a marg. Uh, but I forgot her. So... Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I think Vlad Supergirl probably uh, escaped some uh, New Orleans stuff. So I, th- I think that's probably oh, for the okay. best. Oh, oh Beaker. Well, I thought he was done. He's but back. He's not. He's not. Done. <laughs> Come here, buddy. Come here, buddy. You wanna you wanna look at every all the people? No. <laughs> he's like, no, I don't want that. I just want my butt to be in frame for the entire time. Now he's like, what if I just rubbed myself against the lap? Okay. <laughs> Bye again, friend. <laughs> <laughs> the wor- the worst was when Bunsen came over and immediately just knocked over my ring light while no! we were talking and I had to like dive to like try to grab it like but gracefully off camera. <laughs> you didn't know I was like desperately the lighting and my my camera is all going weird. It's like nothing nothing everything's cool. <laughs> Yeah, we've discovered uh, just a little behind the scenes of Supergirl Radio. We've discovered uh, when the cats are quiet and they don't make an appearance <laughs> on the live stream, that might be trouble. That usually means that they've gotten their food out somehow <laughs> and they've like ripped his bag open and they're, it's just now pouring into their open <laughs> mouths, <laughs> which literally happened one of the last times we were recording. We like stopped recording. And I was like, Rebecca, hold on. I, like showed her how they ripped open the bag. <laughs> So uh, I think if we do see them on the live stream, that's actually good. It's a good but sign. You can keep your eye on. <laughs> means they're not working together to cause chaos. <laughs> they are too funny. Well, uh, I guess uh, you can find me on uh, the Instagram. Uh, I did take some pictures of my trip to New Orleans uh, at the Derby Kid. I'm on Instagram. You can find some pictures there. Highly recommend the World War II Museum in New Orleans. Uh, one of the best museums I've ever been to. It has uh, five buildings, I think. Whoa, uh, that's a big museum. It's not just one museum. It's uh, many buildings. It has three gift stores. Uh, Whoa. So, so it is. How, how long did it take you to get through this museum? 
uh, two days, and we kind of had to <laughs> had to go through uh, some parts very quickly. I, I would have wanted to hang out a little more, uh, but I highly recommend that uh, World War II museum. It was very well done. Uh, that there's a plane in the main building that they uh, they bought off of eBay. No, what? Yes. <laughs> The uh, just listing a giant plane on eBay. It it was some sort of uh that somebody had a World War II plane. Like some in their collector is like, I, guess. I don't have any room for this World War II plane anymore. <laughs> I got. So, you know what they say when you buy one World War II plane, you have to give away another. <laughs> so the tour guide told us they bought it off eBay, and we're like, what? What? You can you could buy World War II plants off eBay. What is what is that? <laughs> so, uh, so that's just a fun. That's just one of the many fun facts. Uh, uh, fun, fun facts that you'll you'll learn at the uh, World War II Museum. So, that was very very cool. So, I highly recommend that. Uh, you can also check out my Sunday live streams at YouTube.com/slash/DuckMonkPro. That's my personal YouTube channel at 4 p.m. Eastern. I will be go going through another Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice uh, negative review from the uh, a top critic from Rotten Tomatoes. So you know it's quality uh, quality uh, commentary on the film. So we'll, we'll go through that and we'll see what they say and uh, we'll read through it together. So if you're interested in that, definitely subscribe and uh, come hang out with me uh, live on Sundays at 4 p.m. Eastern. Nice. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at MojoTastic. Um, and you can also find me as a co-host on DCTV Ether Dark um, and the Legends of Tomorrow podcast. Uh, we got a break. We got a week off uh, because of the holiday. I didn't know what to do with myself when there's not like a new episode of Legends on. Um, but we'll be back uh, next week with, uh, with some new Legends-y content. What what's it like to talk about the show? It's 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 surprisingly strange. It's like, oh, that's right. This podcast was about a television show. I was starting to think it was about just whatever we wanted it to be. We got <laughs> we got way into the weeds during our hiatus season. Like Supergirl Radio tried to keep it somewhat Supergirl related, <laughs> but Legends was like, why don't we just watch a bunch of horror movies at Halloween? <laughs> like, yeah. who would stop us? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. uh, so now now that we're we're focused on legends again it is a little bit strange to be like oh that's right this tv show but it's nice to uh it's nice to talk about the show again it's nice to have the show back on i don't know if legends is gonna take any kind of weird long hiatus in the middle of its season doesn't seem like it which i don't understand like why why don't they all just take two or three months off randomly <laughs> so that maybe another show can take over its spot. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's been so long uh, since we talked about uh, a Supergirl episode. We were really kind of getting into the... the, the Finally, we were like, yeah, momentum. I remember how this goes. Podcasting about the... Oh, what? It's over? <laughs> <laughs> We've still got about another month and a half, so that's going to be uh, very interesting. Uh, but if in case anybody's curious, I've basically scheduled live streams for uh, the next... Uh, until the end of the hiatus. So if you want to know kind of what we're doing... You can uh, follow along there. Make sure you subscribe to the DCTV Podcast YouTube channel and get some notifications anytime we go live. So uh, you'll get a little teaser of what's what's coming up uh, for Supergirl Radio. So we've got lots of cool things coming. Some things I'm going to have to do without Morgan. But that's, you know, know. It's, a, it's, a good, it's a good reason. 
It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. They, I'm, um, I'm mad on several fronts, but I'm mostly mad that they would decide to bring the show back, you know, when I'm getting married. Seems, <laughs> seems personal now. Seems personal, <laughs> CW. <laughs> I, I feel like ever since I started the this turf war with Superman and Lois, I've been continuously losing. So I think that has taught me a valuable lesson about maybe being nicer to the schedulers <laughs> over at the CW. <laughs> They really ratcheted that up. That they, was uncalled they did. for. <laughs> they did. They like threw the they threw the like glove down. They were like, "What? What are you gonna do?" And I was like, "I guess just not show up for those because of <laughs> you know marriage." <laughs> that is a uh, wild, but uh, but uh, we'll 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 carry on uh, without you and wait uh, wait to come uh, wait for you to come back and we'll we'll get your thoughts on those episodes that you missed. Uh, we'll we'll do a. a five minute Morgan re- <laughs> recap and get some, some thoughts in a short amount of time. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this episode of Supergirl radio, but until next time I am still Rebecca Johnson and I'm still Morgan Glennon. And we'd like to thank Silas for helping get Supergirl out of the phantom zone. the CW are just trying to win the time slot war with Supergirl Radio. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you like it? It's being, becoming a human burrito a plus or a minus. I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Oh, oh no. <laughs> so I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio and one of our segments is Lena Luther boardroom or ballroom. Because really? She looks like a boss in this coat. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther. It's not just Lena being mean. No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. It's so fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Yeah.